0: Looks like football, baby.
1: (laughs) What's happening, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It's Thursday night. That means we're covering start sits here prior to the Thursday Night Football kickoff. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And joining me once again this week, back in the south, you got two man show. We got Dallas at Salad Galore in the house. How's it going, brother?
0: Well, oh, pretty good. Um, no complaints this week has actually been pretty light for me, so I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to get to watch uh, Thursday night football, so uh, that'll be a change of <laughs> pace for me.
1: Good. Hopefully, it'll be a good game. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, I just want the W. Uh, as a fantasy owner in a lot of leagues, like I'm sure most of you are, where uh, these last couple games are, are going to make a difference, whether that's you getting in or that's you getting that buy, which is always important. Um, hopefully you're picking up the dub or at least get off a good start, I guess. I don't know if you win one night, but uh, anyway, so should be, uh, should be an interesting one here. If you're listening to this on the podcast on Friday, you're missing out. You need to be coming, hanging out with us. Uh, it's late in the season, but never too late to, uh, to join us on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time here on the dynasty Warzone YouTube channel, Always uh, a lot of fun answering your guys' questions, so be sure to get those things in the chat if you're checking us out live now. So um, before we get into the the good stuff, uh, we'll check back in with you, bro. How's your season shaping up so far as we're getting down to the wire here with just a couple weeks left in the fantasy regular season?
0: Yeah, um, it's going pretty good overall. Last week was quite possibly the worst week I've ever had in fantasy, though. I went 0-8 <laughs> across all of my leagues, and as uh, anyone in the Patreon knows, I took it as retribution for my shitty tight end advice last week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a rough uh, rough week for Higby for me last week, and it uh, showed in a lot of my lineups. Uh, but I'll be making the playoffs in six out of eight. I'm tanking on purpose in two. So you know, pretty successful. I should be the top seed. The one that I'm really concerned about actually is the one that I only have one loss in this year. And, uh, I just had, you know, a dinged up Zeke and a dinged up, uh, Dalvin cook and a dinged up Deandre Swift all in the same week. So I'm uh, a little sketched out with my running back depth going into the playoffs. It'll be interesting.
1: It is crazy how the rosters can flip your, or your uh, expectations can flip on a dime, man, because I know just a, Uh, just a week ago, I was sitting there had, uh, Zeke, you know, who, you know, has been banged up, but, uh, now maybe a little bit more had Darren Waller, who I just traded for a couple weeks ago, felt really good about that. Not so great. And then, uh, AJ Brown, you know, so like, and I had that weird that I had that combination across three different leagues. So oddly enough, when you have a hundred leagues, that'll happen. But uh, now I'm sitting there like, I don't know if I like this te- these teams anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear you on that, man. But uh, good to hear. So we got a couple of people in the chat. We got Ace. What up, man? Uh, the mayonnaise man himself dropping in. So Dukes for life. Uh, and then we got oh, the friend of the show, G, the Aussie. Uh, this is directed at me, I'm sure. How do you handle a co-owner that will not take your calls? Um, <laughs> dude, you should string that guy up because the dude doesn't answer your phone calls when you're also on a 10-hour time difference or whatever it is. Uh, so right here. Sorry, bro. I dodged you, I guess. God, I got I prep for this show. But uh, let, let's uh, let's dive into some start sits. Don't worry, Dallas. We're going to give you a pass on the tight end thing last week because Memphis, you know, forced us to record on Tuesday night last week. So you didn't yeah. get the proper time, I feel like, to, to hammer it all out. So a little rushed. <laughs> I won't hold that result against you. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to factor that in your uh, into your Dallas tight end uh, statistics that you'll keep hey, there. <laughs> I'm still batting six for seven. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not bad at all. So let's start off with the quarterbacks this week. We got four teams on by this week and next. So um, still some guys out of our lineups as we are heading down to crunch time here. But uh, Dallas, who are you looking to start at the quarterback position in week 13?
0: Yeah, for me, it's Burrow. I want everything to do with Cincy against the Chargers. The Chargers on defense are pretty much falling apart. Um, I know that their ranks don't seem to be that bad against the quarterback position, but they're just kind of getting carved up left and right. Um, They've been involved in two out of the three biggest shootouts that have happened this season, Um, and that's what I want from a quarterback. I want a good quarterback on the other side that's going to force my quarterback to push the ball. Um, Cincy's offense— really went through a weird, awkward spot a couple of weeks prior to their bye week, but they seem to have figured everything out, both on the ground and passing. Um, And I just like how this year is shaping up for them. Plus, the one thing that can harm Cincy is a good pass rush, and that's not something that the Chargers have. So, um, you know,
1: ships out and uh, arrows up for my man Burrow this week. All right, I dig it. And as somebody that's been riding that, bro, I'm going to call it a roller coaster because I think he's tight or tight end. I think he's QB 12 on the year, but I just feel like, man, sometimes, uh, and maybe it's because of the leagues I have him in, which I have in two leagues, and interceptions are minus two and touchdowns are yeah. four. And it seems like every damn time I'm like, all right, I'm shaping up 20-point game. We're looking good here. And then he throws a damn interception when he doesn't need to, like randomly in the game uh, against Pittsburgh when they're up by 30 and he just throws a pick. Um, <laughs> so uh, mm. I'm looking for a good game from him this week. So I, I dig it. I like the call. Uh, should be a good matchup for him. I'm going to throw this one in here. Uh, I usually don't like uh, making calls on Thursday night games because the podcast listeners get a little shorted, but too bad. And G's bringing it right here. Start Taysom Hill or Big Ben. My start of the week at quarterback is Taysom Hill. Uh, Do I think (laughs) the Saints are going to have a great game overall? Do I think Taysom Hill is going to have, you know, fine fantasy or, you know, NFL numbers? No, because this, I mean, no one knows who the hell this guy is, but he runs a lot. Uh, and no Alvin Kamara this week. So I bet you they lean on Taysom Hill as a runner quite a bit. Mark Ingram will be back tonight, which will be good. But whenever Hill's in the lineup as the quarterback, we saw it for a month um, last year, he he's top 12, um, whether you like it or not, I guess, type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, I don't want him to be good either, but uh, he has been for fantasy purposes. So maybe you don't even watch the game. You just put him in and then turn it off. <laughs> turn <laughs> the game off because – Uh, it's going to be nasty. I feel like, um, but I think he'll just cobble together enough numbers that, I mean, it'll feel like a bad Jalen hurts game. I feel like, um, I, I forget, I think it's McDowell Ryan McDowell on Twitter. He posts every week, the players that have gotten like, you know, uh, QB one weeks, you know, how many, you know, wide running back one weeks, how many, Hertz is like the only guy that I think he's up at like 10 or nine or 10. No one else yep. has even within two of him. Right. Which seems weird. feels weird, but that's just what the rushing will do for you. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see with Taysom Hill tonight. So um, I, uh, I can check his ownership, but I, I bet you he might even be out there in some league. So if you're starting um, uh, these guys, we're going to mention our sits maybe. Um, but uh, if, if you're in a pinch, I think Taysom Hill is a fine streamer if anything else. So what's your thoughts on, on Taysom? Uh, Maybe an unbiased opinion. Maybe I'm just locked and loaded on the fact that I I propped him up earlier. What's your thoughts on him tonight? Uh,
0: Yeah, it's a perfect transition because Taysom's actually my sit of the week. All right. Uh,
1: Complete opposites this week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, Complete
0: opposites. So this sucks for you, G, but um, (laughs) for me, He's the only person in the top 13 in ECR right now that I am uncomfortable starting, and it has to do completely with his surrounding targets. We've seen Taysom Hill with talent around him. He had Emmanuel Sanders even when Michael Thomas was out last year, and when he was in games last year, he was successful with Michael Thomas. He was successful because Alvin Kamara was pulling the coverage away because there was a legitimate threat in the backfield. So I've said in the past, I do like Mark Ingram just from a volume standpoint this week. But when it comes to Taysom, they're missing both of their starting tackles, one of their starting guards. They don't have Michael Thomas. They don't have Alvin Kamara. They do not have Adam Troutman. So you're telling me what... I have to depend on Taysom Hill in any passing production that he has with guys like Traquan Swift, like Deontay Harris, like Marquez Callaway, who was everyone's darling at the beginning of the year, but has done absolutely nothing for you. If you've rostered him at any point during this year, um, I'm staying away from Taysom once like, this is just the perfect prime week for me where I want to wait and see. I'm perfectly okay with you picking him up, but I am not comfortable starting him with none of his talent around him. Um, It's the, like I said, it's just the only person in the top 13 I'm uncomfortable with. I would start pretty much everyone from 14 all the way down to my start in um, Burrow. I guess Burrow was right in the same range, but anyone up to basically Jimmy G in that 18 to 19 range, I'd probably feel more comfortable with just securely getting me a minimum of 14 to 15 points because Taysom has that ability to not give you that at all as a passer, so. Gotcha.
1: Hey, definitely. Yep. Uh, so there you go. I'm glad we did not help G at all. Um, I've been dodging his calls and now we're giving him uh, different fancy advice here, but he says, thanks anyway. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I get it. I feel a lot better if he had those weapons for sure. Um, and even though it is Thursday, at least, you know, uh, it's not a short week technically for the Saints. They were on regular rest, but uh, as far as those guys being out, I get it. And the offensive line, that's something I think maybe gets overlooked from time to time too. In fantasy, is when these guys are missing um, on that yeah. on that O line, especially. Yeah, when the, they're
0: ball. they're currently starting their fourth and fifth string tackles at right and left tackle right now. Just to give yeah. you guys perspective on what you should expect from this Saints game, specifically. For, I mean, I guess their center is really good, so the run game shouldn't be that affected. But it's yeah, it's
1: ugly. <laughs> and we got uh, Demarcus Lawrence coming back for the Cowboys tonight. So haha, you know, and uh, Parsons <laughs> gonna have like eight sacks. No not matter. Um, mm-hmm. All right uh before we get into my sit at quarterback let's take a uh questionnaire from mike who is usually joining us every week so i appreciate you mike tuning in thoughts on daryl henderson with a leg injury and gallop tonight so i did see this just came through we got an alert uh or i got an alert that he he being daryl henderson did not practice again on thursday um dealing with a quad injury um sustained last week initial reports where he was going to play just wasn't going to practice. So, I mean, I guess it's Mm -hmm. not a surprise yet. Um, want to pay attention to those practice reports on Friday, but general thoughts on, on Henderson this week and and Gallup going tonight against the saints. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I still like Henderson. Henderson has been an extremely under the radar, extremely sneaky, good running back. He is a workhorse. Um, we thought that Sony was going to eat into some of his carries. We thought it was going to be a split this year. It hasn't been like that at all when he's healthy, um, I guess is a good way to phrase this question uh, when he's on the field, he's productive because they give him the ball. So if he's healthy enough to go and he does play, I feel very confident running him out there. Cause odds are Henderson isn't your RB one in this situation. And then when it comes to Gallup tonight, this is one of those situations where I'm going to tell you not to play him because Amari Cooper's back, but the targets have been there this entire time, and this is going to be the situation where for some reason he freaking goes off when I tell you not to start him. So again, I would uh, defer that Gallup question over to our Cowboys specialist over here on the left side of my screen.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, on Gallup, it's, it's tough when Cooper's there only because, you know, Gallup's their deep threat. That's how they use him when they have their full compliment. So I don't think you're going to see eight, nine targets to Michael Gallup tonight. I just don't mm-hmm. see it. Um, so it's really unfortunately One of those boom bust guys. And, and generally, you know, with there being also very little of a chance that all of a sudden he falls into some targets, which sometimes with you have these players where like, yeah, they're generally at, you know, all or nothing type plays, but there's times where they, they're going to work their way into some targets in the offense. Like, I just don't see that happening for Gallup whenever Cooper and lamb are both healthy. And I don't expect this to be a game where they, it's going to be a shootout uh, necessarily either. So um, I would bench Gallup tonight, as long as you have a decent enough option anywhere else, if you're, I think with Thursday, generally the approach I take is um, as well as like, if you're dealing with the alternate being a injured player, you might need to just play Gallup. I don't think, I think you could do worse, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I don't feel overly confident with him and to Henderson. I I think you nailed it, man. I mean, this, the guy's been really good, great when he's been out there to Mm -hmm. be honest and Um, the only thing I would just note on Henderson, um, and like with injured players, just double check what your other options are pay attention to the injury report. If it's sounding like it's going to be a game time decision or something like that, despite the Rams playing, uh, or they actually are, they are at home. So they're in LA, which means a late afternoon start. So your option alternative options are going to be a little bit limited. Uh, but as long as it sounded like he's going to be a go, I'm taking that risk. Um, and I'm, you know, if you, if you need to protect it, grab somebody else, anybody else. Um, playing in the later games, just slide Henderson into your flex, give you some options. But if he's on the field, then he's in my lineup. So yeah, and like
0: you said on Gallup specifically, like when you're looking at lesser options, for me a very common option that's uh, come up in a lot of my leagues, as I'm sure is the same with you guys, um, the Jaguars wide receiver core. I'd pretty much start Gallup over any of them this week. Um, regardless of the volume. I understand the argument for Leviska Chenault getting nine targets a game, but he's going to get Jalen Ramsey treatment, I almost guarantee, this week. You're going to have the second-best corner in double coverage, potentially on Marvin Jones, so you're relying on Laquan Treadwell. This week. Um, I I would be very comfortable starting Gallup over those. Pretty much any of the New York Giants wide receivers just because of health options. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the type of range I'm looking to start Gallup in, but pretty much any of the options on the other teams above him, I'm staying away.
1: Yep. And I think that's I think that's a good spot to have him at. So uh, I'm with you there. So hopefully that helped Mike. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for the question. And uh I think we just gotta wrap up QB with my sit of the week. Yep. And I am gonna sit Russell Wilson. Uh, I am tired of watching this man put up nine fantasy points in my lineup. Uh, he got that late touchdown against the Seahawks, which salvaged his day with a two with two touchdowns. But that was his fr- that was his only game. His last five that he had more than two hundred and ten passing yards. He only has six total touchdowns over mm-hmm. that five game span, and two of them came last week. Um, they, they are going to be at home against the Niners, but man, I, I just he is he has worked his way into the bench spot in one QB leagues. I, I I would rather take a shot on, on somebody else and, and let Russ uh, cook uh, uh, on the bench <laughs> yeah. uh, this week. Sorry, I was pulling up the QB rankings. If you have uh car and burrow, I think are, are pretty safe options over them. Personally, I would start Taysom mm-hmm. Hill over them um, as well, but Carson Wentz who's ranked below him in ECR. Um, I'd even take a shot on Tua um, over him as yeah, well. Did- so you just went back to back with two of the most consistent performers this year in fantasy. They
0: have not gotten you gangbuster numbers in any of the weeks that they've played, but they have not disappointed as long as they've started and stayed in the game the entire time. hundred yep. percent would be starting Tua and Wentz over a guy like Russ this week.
1: Yeah, I think Tua. Um, I don't have in front because I but I had my waiver notes from last week mm-hmm. and the his last in his last five starts. So if you don't include the. The uh, the closer game where he came in at yeah. halftime, he's averaging like 10, 19 but still fantasy ten points. Yeah, yeah, he had he
0: had ten points and a half, so still. he would have realistically <laughs> yeah. gotten you twenty points again that game. Like,
1: yeah, and uh, so I and I, I think you go that route with Russ this week. I think you can get away from him. You you had another option that you played for the other month that Russ was out, so take a look there. Yeah, all right, uh, we got a question here from Anthony. <clears throat> he said this is a Thursday related question, so it, apparently Amari Cooper will be limited. That's the report as of right now. That's our best information. Um, So would you start Elijah Moore, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, or CEH over Amari? Um, I I like those options, but where are you leaning, Dallas?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect transition into my start of the week at the running back position being Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Denver has been extremely suspect against the run, specifically this year. Last week, um, you saw Denver take advantage of the fact that for some reason the Chargers refused to run the ball against them. Uh, and that's what you get. Their pass game is their strength, and their run defense is extremely suspect, specifically over the last month. Um, There's some injuries on the interior of that defensive line. I really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If you're uncomfortable with the Amari Cooper play, I understand you wanting to kind of go a different way obviously this is a flex position based off of the players that you have and so me and Kyle have told you in the past we love to start those running backs in the flex position that's usually our go-to and this is a week where just volume aside CEH is healthy he should be out there and it's a really good matchup for him so if you're uncomfortable with Amari I would lean CEH. Um, I would probably be starting Elijah more over Amari Cooper in general just based off of what he's been doing as well so that's about it.
1: Yeah, I I would probably start all these guys <laughs> over Amari to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. there, some of them are close. Jefferson's close, but um, you you don't need to risk it. You have great options. And yes. one thing I'll, the only the other thing I'll just uh, maybe even emphasize as well is I loved the usage for C E H before the bye week. There was no reason, like Daryl Williams just came off of a monster performance. Yeah, and then they were heading into a bye. CH hadn't been on the field for over a month and they still put him out there with a really nice, uh, you know, carry share and and involvement in the offense. So I think you're going to see CH right away.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only reason Daryl Williams was on the field earlier in the season was for pass catching downs, which is probably for some God unknown reason (laughs) still going to happen. Um, I do. I I swear, like they're open in the exact same situations. I I'll make a little montage at some point over the next week, and I'll send it into the Patreon so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But there have been multiple plays this season because I'm in KC. I watch every KC game where I'm like, all right, Ceh has been open in that exact same play, that exact same situation, and. He passed it to Daryl, but he won't pass it to Ceh. Then he takes a sack, and I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense." But uh, yeah, the usage is great when he's in there on the ground. Now Andy finally understands that he's not going to win games unless he runs the ball. So you're looking for that 15 to 20 touch game from Ceh, which is a very easy and very likely situation. So
1: yeah, I like it. I like the other options. Uh, right, you can <laughs> you can sit Cooper with confidence. I think and you'll be good to go. We got a bunch more Thursday questions. So we got to get to it. Let's just keep rolling through these. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron says another Cooper, a Cooper or Pittman. Um, for that one, I'm probably leading Pittman. He's
0: still the alpha in that situation just because of the slightly suspect, uh, of Amari's COVID. Um, the thing is he was symptomatic this entire time and he's unvaccinated. So it is a thing that we really haven't touched on all that much. Cause I'm pretty sure no one likes to talk about COVID again at this point. Um, but it's a real thing. Um, even if they don't limit him, it's just a situation where they have a lot of miles to feed. I do like Amari in the offense, but there's no reason to risk it when you have Pittman, who is the alpha option on the offense. Um, but, I mean, Indy just needs to keep running the ball. Jonathan Taylor's a <laughs> god. so But I'd still lean Pittman in that situation.
1: Yeah, agreed. I'm going to go Pittman as well. This is a great alternative for that uh, for Cooper, so I think you could roll yeah. Pittman. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't watch the game. <laughs> nope. Uh, one of those things because – Gonna hope for it early. They're playing the Texans, so chances yeah. are it'll probably it has to come in the first half, <laughs> but I think you're safe. Go with Pittman and, and with confidence, my friend. Should be good there. Uh another Thursday one. Mateo, uh, full PPR, Mark Ingram or Terry McLaurin. So Ingram going tonight. Uh, we know Kamara is out, and even Tony Jones with his 20 carries for four and a half yards, he's inactive uh for the Saints. Yeah. So it's more the Mark Ingram show here tonight against the Cowboys. So Ingram McClaurin, McLaurin, where are you leading PPR? Yeah, I mean, pretty much any
0: question that any of you live in the chat have regarding a Saint starting tonight, I'm going to tell you to not start the Saint tonight. Um, the situation is just so bad, guys. I wouldn't be touching anything on the Saints offense this week um, unless you want to start Taysom. I understand the allure of starting him, um, but any of the weapons and options you have, you don't want to start him. It's been proven that Taysom doesn't. Prop up any specific position doesn't prop up any options. He actually takes away from the running backs. So I would be extremely suspect when it comes to Mark Ingram and and even in PPR. Um, plus Terry, he's been a little bit of a roller coaster, but he's still a boss. Um, he's still leading the team in targets. Henneke looks his way in key situations and in the red zone. So, mm-hmm.
1: yep, agreed. Uh, I I don't I think Ingram is an RB two tonight. Um, but when you have McLaurin, there's no reason. I know technically. Yeah. The Raiders, like <clears throat> when you look at these gotten sites or whatever, they'll show like, ah, oh, the matchup's not great. Technically, the Raiders give up the six fewest fantasy points, two wide receivers on the season. But uh there's been big games to be had. Last week, Wilson and Gallup both had over hundred yards. Just a few weeks ago, Tyreek Hill lit him up for eighty and two. Um, McLaurin is is uh is so is good enough that you should be plugging him in and, and not really thinking about it. Is he's inconsistent, yeah. which stinks. <clears throat> um, but I did that's just part of it being in that offense I, I just think it's not gonna give you the same results that we would want every single week from a yeah. but in this case, yeah, he, i mean he, he's a very similar player to tyler lockett when russell wilson
0: was healthy like it, yeah. you're gonna get the huge boom weeks and when you decide not to play him because you're sick of the nine point games you're gonna regret it so i would be sticking with him
1: yep uh another one tonight we got anthony back <clears throat> uh ertz or schultz we got a lot of z's uh, mm-hmm. going on here um I'll 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 start and then I'll we'll finish with a good yeah. tight end advice with you. Um, I would lead. I'm gonna go with Zach Ertz. Uh, he's been good for the Cardinals and Schultz with Cooper and Gallup both on the field has not been so great. I like Schultz a lot, um, but I think with Ertz, there's no it ain't broke. So I, I'm gonna roll with Zach Ertz, who's been really dependable, um, pretty much since stepping foot in Arizona, which is yeah. good to see. Fantasy owners were gifted this. Uh, too late, uh, midseason, but uh, you know, to get Zach Ertz free uh, gives made him fancy relevant and and obviously got it as well. So I'm gonna go with Ertz, where where are you looking? Yeah, this is another conflict one we have. Um, Zach Ertz is actually, I have a double. I'll just give it to
0: you guys a little bit early. We'll skip positions and go tight end first. Um, I have a double sit, and it is the Arizona and Chicago Bears game. They are two of the top three teams against the tight end position on the year, and they have been that way the entire year. Um, Literally outside of touchdown production, they have not allowed over 40 yards to the tight end position. Um, They're averaging about three receptions apiece to the tight end position. As well, I'm avoiding those. Plus, you have DeAndre Hopkins coming back with Kyler Murray. You know the target share that he likes to play with that. And then we haven't actually seen a huge production game with Zach Ertz with Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray's been out the entire time. Um, So it's just something I'd be a little bit wary of. Schultz, again, the matchup's not great, specifically with the linebacking core of. Um, New Orleans but if I have to pick one of the two I know it's Thursday and it's not fun playing a tight end on Thursday and having to look at a bad score I would be leaning Schultz I'll just give you that air of caution he's not super high in my rankings he's sitting at 14 on the week and Ertz is in the 20s Um, so it's just one of those things if he had a better option I'd say go with it but I'm leaning Schultz in the matchup.
1: Well, maybe we'll jump around here and, and add a little, even a little bit more context for Anthony. Don't know if this is possible, depending on if it's a yeah. dynasty league or what. But my start of the week at tight end is Foster Moreau, um, yeah. who is available uh, still in about 80% of Yahoo leagues. It doesn't sound like Waller is going to play. So uh, I would go Moreau over both of these guys, to be honest. I know ECR wouldn't yet because Ertz is yeah. still, I think, just outside top 12. Would you, would you lean Moreau over? Would that be an alternative to either of these guys that you could plug and play? Or, or would you still go with Schultz?
0: Waller hasn't been officially ruled out yet, has he? Not yet, no. Okay. Um,
1: he was a DN- yeah. he was a DNP the last two days, but they have not said whether. Yeah, and it's one of those
0: resting situations. That's the thing, though, is like if Waller plays, Moreau's not going to see any right. targets. And with Schultz being on Thursday, it's just such a gamble to play with a guy that might not even play for you, basically. Sure. Um, I would hmm, – the situation, again, you have to make it tonight. I would go sure. Daltz. Dalton Schultz and Zach Ertz under Moreau if Moreau is the only tight end on the field, but <laughs> I am taking both of them over Moreau obviously. So that's it's an ugly situation. It's not a fun, that's why Thursday tight ends are always so tricky. I try yeah. not to recommend them, but yeah, um on. yeah, it, it's just one of those weird situations. I don't I don't own Waller anywhere, so I I've never really had to deal with this situation, which is nice, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh I own I own Waller in a lot of places, so I uh-huh. I spent a lot of money on Foster Moreau this week. Um, he went six for 60, he six receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown in his last start when uh-huh. they sat Waller before the, their buy. Um, I don't think Moreau is a, like a top five guy by any means, but I do think he's he's startable top 12. Um, yeah, I, I spent a lot of money on him, and then on sleeper, uh, it's always hilarious because you can see who else bid. And sometimes Mm. there were no bids, so uh, that was depressing. But I had to do it, I felt like, so that's what happened. But um, all right, a couple more here. Uh, This is another Thursday. Mike's back. Dak or Cousins, um, where are you leaning? Uh, Yeah, I mean, for this one specifically, with
0: all his weapons back, I'm going to be leaning Dak in this option. Um, I know that Kirk is going up against Detroit, but I think this offense is going to be looking a lot different um I don't think DeAndre Swift is playing this week realistically um it's a shoulder injury Mm -hmm. they're not competing this year they have no reason to put him out there if his shoulder is not 100 that's I mean look at Dalvin Cook it happens like all the time uh I would be leaning Dak in that situation um plus this passing game from Minnesota is it's looking weird like there's there's an under reliance on the tight end right now where I thought there was an over reliance earlier in the season. And now it's just not rolling on a consistent basis. Um, I'm going to lean Dak again. It's, he has so many weapons, even if Ze- Zeke's not a hundred percent, which he probably isn't for tonight. Um, you have Pollard on dump offs out of the backfield, which is just free yardage for the quarterback basically. Um, so I'm leaning Dak. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'd go Dak as well. Um, despite the, you know, the bias here, potentially, but no, I mean, Dak is a stud. I mean, and when yeah. he has all his weapons, you know, and even if Cooper's limited, he's still there and they'll have mm-hmm. him when they need him on the field. Um, I'm sure. And even if he's not 100 percent, he has to be re- he's he has to be accounted for. You know, so um, <clears throat> I, I just think uh, I I would roll with decks because I think he has more upside. Both these options are should be solid. They're both top 10 um, yeah. and cousins is, you know, the perennial, you know, QB 10 you know, all the time, you know, because he's just really, he usually gets it done more often than not. Yeah, consistent. But Dak, you keep him in there. I mean, that, I don't see any reason to take Dak yeah. out unless he is in a situation like he was a few weeks ago without Lamb and Cooper. They'll be back. Dak's in my lineup.
0: Yeah, and I don't hate Kirk. And Kirk, the wild thing—he threw his third interception of the year last week. <laughs> yeah, like he—he's turned into Aaron Rodgers this season, which is insane. Like, yeah. I was blown away when I heard that. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" But uh, yeah, consistent. I just can't start anyone over Dak if Dak's healthy
1: for me. And I, yeah, with Cousins, it's been weird because he's—he's not like an insane turnover guy, but he does throw picks traditionally. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of the year, I forget who the hell they played. There were there was like back to back weeks. Where I was just messing around. Apparently, I had you know too much time in my hands, and I was like, ah. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up betting like the over one and a half interceptions for Kirk Cousins because I was like, this guy mm-hmm. is bound to start throwing some. <laughs> I think I burned like ten bucks in two weeks. I was like, okay, forget it. I'm done. Yeah, with yeah. So, All no, right, no, we're done. That. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's when you know you should probably be doing finding something else to be more productive with your time instead of betting yeah. Kirk Cousins interceptions <laughs> interception oh, lines. Oh my god. Uh, degenerate, maybe. All right. Uh, G said he's taking Micah Parsons over over Mark Ingram, so he's he's uh accurate there.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, uh, we got Demarcus Lawrence back, we didn't even talk about that for your boys. So now Micah Parsons actually gets to play a roaming linebacker role, which he's literally been a top 10 D end this year, and he's even more dangerous as a roaming linebacker. So I'm excited for you guys. He's dude, I. He, he, your defense kids, is so man. good. It's so underrated, and I hate it. Like, no one talks about how good on paper, and when you guys are clicking, your defense is.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to get Gregory back too. I think that's gonna make this uh this unit even better, man. And, and but I was wrong on Parsons. I was I maybe I was just pissed because I wanted them to get uh uh Sertan, but uh they you know they did the right thing, obviously. This kid has been really awesome for the Cowboys, not just mm-hmm. on the field that his mentality is just Crazy man, uh, so I've enjoyed it. Um, anyway, uh, Mateo's back for another one. This is another Thursday question, so we're gonna get to it here. Uh, this one's tough, Mark Ingram or Henderson. Henderson's banged up, as we talked about, and then we have Goddard or Logan Thomas. So that is another Thursday question, but we got we got two questions here, Mark Ingram, Henderson, and then Goddard or Thomas. Where are you leaning?
0: Uh, I'll let you take the Ingram Henderson, I'll just talk sure. about the tight ends a little you bit more. Uh, um, for me, Goddard has pretty much solidified himself as an plug and play every week tight end. Last week was a weird week for Philly. Um, He's still seeing a lot of usage in the offense and he still is a main target, but um, we're seeing more of a reliance on the run game in Philly. So you're seeing a lower overall volume of targets all around. So that's the only thing with him. Um, I think that changes next year specifically, but uh, when I'm looking at Logan Thomas, the man got robbed of a touchdown last week. Um, when he's in there, he is pretty much the only target that anyone looks towards outside of Terry McLaurin, um, including Tyler Heineke. Um, he's officially healthy. Um, I think it was very smart to hold him out an extra three weeks, even though he was ready to come back allegedly after his little IR stint. Um, and he looked good out there. Um, I'm not concerned about any of the other tight ends. I think they just kind of eased him in last week with Jesse Bates, um, he still saw, I think it was like 65% of the tight end snaps. And I expect that to go up. They also have a pretty favorable matchup this week. Um, so I'm looking actually Logan Thomas in this lineup specifically just because um, I don't know if Hertz is going to be very mobile. Um, and I haven't seen Hertz not run. So I, I'm i a little sus of mm-hmm. Hertz this week, yeah. uh, just overall.
1: Yeah, I mean and they don't I mean they don't have to throw. They just yeah. they're playing the Jets who are the worst team against the run. They could just run it all day and probably walk out Dude, with a victory. So. If Miles Sanders doesn't play and Boston Scott doesn't
0: get 20 carries, I'm going to beat someone up. Like it frustrate <laughs> like Boston Scott is like my love child and when it comes to fantasy football, I He is the most underappreciated running back. Like, he just, like, it doesn't matter how many carries you give him, he averages five yards a carry. You give him three or you can give him 25, and he's going to average five yards a carry, which is amazing. Just like what, I don't know, I don't care that he doesn't pass catches. I don't care, uh, catch passes, sorry. And I don't care that he's not, like, 220 pounds and 5'10". The dude just produces every single time he's in the lineup, and people refuse to play him, the team refuses to use him, and it just frustrates me so much.
1: Yeah, I have (laughs) a- That's my rant. I'm in a league with a buddy who he loves Boston Scott too. Like he always takes him like in every draft, even yeah. in like redraft leagues. Like last round, Boston Scott. I'm just like, yeah. but uh, yeah, you're right. When he gets the opportunity, he's been the man. Uh,
0: when so. you watch him, it's like <laughs> if you like any smaller running back like across the history of the NFL, you can't not love Boston Scott. And it's just one of those frustrating things where everyone's always like, "Give me Gainwell, give me Howard." I'm like, "Give me Boston Scott, more Boston <laughs> Scott." <laughs>
1: I love it. We found uh, we found the pressure point here. Uh, just bring those Boston Scott uh, questions anytime. We'll we'll get uh, yeah. Dallas riled up. But they're gonna roast
0: me in the group chat because I just went
1: <laughs> off a little bit. But it's fine. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like the Logan Thomas call. If uh, if David and Joku gets that touchdown that he did on Sunday night, there's no way in hell Logan Thomas shouldn't have got his. It uh, was a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, took it like, away
0: from him. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, they literally took cr- it away. Crazy. Uh, but uh, on the running backs. I like Henderson enough, man, that it's tough to. You got to make the call now, um, but mm-hmm. I like Henderson enough where if you have any other option on your bench, I'd risk it. Like we talked about earlier, like Marvin Jones, I mm. own too much freaking Marvin Jones, and I hate it every week, and I'm having to plug him in because I got some injuries. Um, but like, that's a guy that like I would not want to start Marvin Jones. But no. if if I have if the difference is I can start Henderson. Uh, and I have Marvin Jones as a backup type of thing. Then I'll risk it with Henderson um, yeah. type. So that should give you an idea. Like Marvin Jones is probably not even a wide receiver three um, right now at this week. So uh, but if you have a body pretty much, I'd, you know, get him into the flex and and I'd rate it out with wait it out with Henderson. Um, yeah. It's tough because you got to make the call now. But that's what I would do. You know, maybe even like a guy like Boston Scott. You got him sitting on your roster. I'd be comfortable going with Henderson. (laughs) Why not? And and uh, I mean, there could be some options out there. Like as much as it would probably be gross, but like the yeah, James Robinson was a DNP today after going limited. Same game. Pick up Carlos Hyde. I mean, you could. I I not that I want to start Hyde over Ingram, but if that gives me the opportunity to play Henderson. I'm gonna to try to do that. That's the kind. Of, that's the kind of player Dude, you do that for.
0: Hyde. I, I don't understand Jacksonville. Hyde saw three targets last week. Why are we targeting Carlos Hyde in the backfield? I don't. I don't, I don't understand what's <laughs> happening with that offense.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, that that team. I want it to work because I just feel like they've been through. They've been so crap. Um, but I just. I don't know. Everything about that team frustrates the hell out of me. Um, and. That's maybe it's just because I'm sitting here with like three Trevor Lawrence Superflex shares, and okay. I'm like, did I just get like, I don't know, Derek Carr like at best here? Like, what am I looking at? <laughs> um, so not happy, yeah. dude. He's not he's not accurate, and
0: I mean that was the thing. He wasn't super accurate in college. He's had really good weapons, and he's got a really pretty deep ball. But let me tell you, it's really hard to throw a deep ball when you're getting sacked within like two and a half seconds. So. Yeah.
1: So hopefully better days ahead. But uh, (laughs) anyway, we're sitting here at 35 minutes. If you've got the questions, keep them coming. But let's kind of rapid fire a little bit through here. We kind of jumped around. So um, we got through the quarterbacks. Your start of the week at running back was CEH. My start of the week at running back is whoever is playing for the Eagles. Uh, Maybe it's Boston Boston Scott. That'd be great. Um, (laughs) But the Jets are so god-awful. I would – I just – But and because these guys aren't usual starts – I think it's worth calling them out. Maybe I'm cheating because it's the best matchup for running backs by far. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they give up on average like six more points a game than any other team. Uh, so it's whether it's Miles Sanders or Boston Scott, I feel good starting them either way um, there in week 13. So uh, sit of the week. Uh, I'll just keep going. I'll give you mine knock I'll kick to yep. you. I'm sitting the New England running backs against Buffalo. Buffalo is the third fewest fancy points allowed to running backs on the season. And uh, – <laughs> Bill Belichick's up against it again, man. He's got the tape measure out, and he is sawn right down the middle, and it pisses me off because I have I, – I got a lot of Damian Harris. I got a lot of Stevenson, but I don't feel great starting either. Uh, and in a tough matchup, I'm going to try to get them out of my lineup if I can. I think Harris is the play if you had to start one because uh, I think he's still getting the goal line work, but uh, they're really just alternating series. Um, so I, I, think I think it more comes down to when you see, like, oh, he had more carries inside the 10. I think it's just because they got inside the tent. I don't think that it, on his drive, I don't know that they're really like strategically playing these guys because I've seen Stevenson in there and um, a goal line situations as well. So if I had to pick one and be Harris, but I'm going to try to get away from both these guys this week. So uh, who are you avoiding at running back week 13? This is a fun episode for me because mine are the running
0: backs on the opposite side of the field. (laughs) Uh, I have both Singletary. I don't think Moss is going to play right now, but also Brita is getting some love just because he's getting some of the pass game work. Um, People are getting cute. I know leagues are deep, but you don't want to start either one of them, especially even with Moss out. Um, It was phrased perfectly on uh, um, the underground uh, with the Podfather. one of his episodes. I think it was like two weeks ago. Basically the only reason that, buffalo has running backs is to give josh allen's arm a break which is like the perfect way of phrasing it because they don't ever actually commit to the run and that's the reason they lose some games because they refuse to like singletary has been pretty good but they will not give him 20 carries they'll give him 10 and that's about all he's gonna get so it's the frustration that you saw like with ceh last year kind of um you're not getting a lot of the volume it's now split between two backs and it's just really inconsistent plus some idp love for you guys um New England has two of, in my opinion, the best run-stopping young linebackers in the league, in Josh Uche and in Jerome Bentley. Um, Jerome Bentley just turned 25. He's been on New England just trying to basically make his way over the last couple of years, but injuries have kind of derailed him. Dude's a monster. Um, He's been available, actually. I picked him up in two out of my three leagues. He was available uh, this year. A lot of people don't know the name unless you follow New England. So I guess that'd be my advice for any IDP people out there. Just go ahead and look for Jerome Bentley. Um, but they are monsters. Like they like you don't run against them. They're basically the new high towers, which anyone who's been watching new England's defense for the last decade has been infuriated trying to run against high tower, your team specifically. And that's basically all the Patriots are going to have again over the next decade, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, I'm avoiding Buffalo's running backs. Don't love them. And then uh side note on a guy I think who's going to underperform, but I'm not obviously going to sit because no one's going to sit him. Um Watch out for Najee Harris. Um, I brought it up. Earlier this offseason, or not offseason a couple of times, but this season a couple of times with the linebacking core and my issues for Baltimore Um, But over the last couple weeks, uh, since they've made the switch to Patrick Queen, not playing the strong side linebacker, their run defense has been a lot more stingy. Um, And this Steelers offense is just in shambles. So, I mean, realistically, I could see it just being a 22 carry for uh, 100 yards and you're getting 10 points from Najee. So just don't expect a lot of production would be my advice
1: there you go it's probably fade a little bit in dfs if that's your game yeah um so i dig it i uh yeah the thing with Breda is this is real guys like we we get these guys that are available everywhere so then we're just like oh we got them right i gotta (coughs) i gotta find a place for my lineup like no you don't and even i fell into this last week uh with (laughs) stupid ass tony jones I I kept just cramming him in lineups everywhere because I was like, ah, Thursday, everybody's out. He's gonna get all the work. And he did get all the work, but he sucked. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there staring like, oh good, that was fun. I got like two freaking points here. Yeah, casual um,
0: under two yards of carry. That's always a good <laughs> sign
1: for my running backs. Exactly. So I, I would be uh yeah, I, I would I would be steering clear of of Breda um don't get overly excited <clears throat> on guys like that and it, it happens i get it you know it's a shiny new toy but sometimes it's worth you know just kind of resetting for a second seeing if it's worth it so yeah um i don't know uh g said uh, <laughs> uh he said he has he's saying that his uh, partner in crime over the aussie guys probably is bentley uh because that's a deep IDP. league. I'm in that league with those guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm sure every time I always, whenever I'm listening to your stuff, cause I like that you dabble, you throw yeah. in the IDP stuff. And uh, I always check my leagues. I'm only in two IDP leagues and they're like insanely deep. I've mm. gotten lucky on a few guys, but unfortunately a lot of them are owned, but uh, normal leagues, I'm sure t- take a look. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> uh, cash with, I don't know the most interesting uh, picture here. Uh, fan. Schultz or Fryermuth tonight, you got to figure out on Schultz and is in a concussion protocol, technically, but he's back to back full participant. So, uh, what are you doing with these tight ends? <clears throat> uh, this is
0: one of those situations. I actually have Schultz and Fant back, uh, Schultz and Fant back to back in my rankings, but I do have Schultz higher. Um, Nick Bolton, if it weren't for Micah Parsons going off, I may have said this on your show last week or two weeks ago. Uh, if it weren't for Micah Parsons, Nick Bolton, our middle linebacker in case he may be defensive rookie of the year. Um, it's very hard to pass against him um at the tight end position specifically. Um, he's very, very good in coverage. So I would be a little bit suspect on Fant. And as much as I hate it because I have Fant in four freaking leagues, uh, Albert O is a real thing. And I'm very concerned for my Fant shares in all of my leagues. Um I, they don't want to commit to him. There's so many freaking mouths to feed already in the offense when it comes to the pass catchers, the re-signing of both Patrick and Sutton. Judy is supposed to be a target hog, so then you're looking at these tight ends. Are you going to throw the ball 50 times a week? Because if you're not, it's really hard to support all those mouths. Um, I'm leaning Schultz in the situation. Again, I don't have any of the three super high in my rankings this week, so I hate recommending one of the three to you, man, uh, but I'd probably go Schultz still in the situation.
1: Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, we're giving a lot of different answers. I, I don't disagree with you, I'm not ex- yeah. super excited about any of them. Um, so I have no problem just playing Schultz, playing it safe, being done with it. Um, get, get it, uh, get it, uh, just pull the band aid. Um, out of those three, I yeah, fan has been it's so freaking frustrating. Um, yeah. I like Fryermuth the most of the three, but then you kind of have to wait it out and make sure he clears concussion protocol. Um, which we've you know, we've seen it before where these guys mm-hmm. practice but then d- can't get clear in time and it just happened. So uh, it's like only, it was uh, just last week. So yeah. And um, and that's actually not bad advice because if Fryermuth was
0: healthy and I knew he was going to be healthy, I'd be starting him out of the three. So I don't, since I'm not super strong on any of the three for you cash, I might actually go with Kyle's idea here and go with Fryermuth And then you still have the option to audible out and go with Fant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know
1: the exact game times. Do you know? Fant, Fant plays uh, late afternoon. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'll pull it. I'll is, pull it up. So is we Pittsburgh know. the Monday night though. Uh, yeah. I can't
0: dude. remember. Doma, I'll sing to you guys. Sorry, this is really bad for podcast. No, That's all uh, good. I got
1: it right <laughs> here. Uh, here it is. So Pittsburgh is the late afternoon, and Denver's the night game against okay yeah yeah yeah, so that's a
0: that's a perfect situation that would be my advice actually now i would see if fryer healthy if he's not then you have the option to go with Fant, and you can rest assured because we're not super high on schultz so just take Mm -hmm. it as an l for my tight end game so that's
1: fine there you go got some options there um i gotta run here soon but we'll keep going uh why don't you give me your start and sit at wide receiver yeah. Um, so my start of the week at
0: the wide receiver position is actually against my Kansas City Chiefs. I know I just talked about the linebackers. Um, but I'm going with Jerry Judy this week. Um, I know it hasn't been super great um it's just kind of been there and you're getting production and it's nothing gangbuster he's not getting a lot of the huge games that you're expecting from him with his draft capital and probably what you had to spend on him to get him um but when it goes against casey's defense right now the third cornerback is where you want to take advantage of them um shark various ward and ladarius sneed some fun names for you are the two outside corners for casey they are pretty damn good, um, for lack of better phrasing. They're just very good, and they're very good at coverage, but Richard Fenton, who is our nickel and third cornerback, is quite possibly in the bottom two to three corners in the entire league, uh, so he is constantly getting picked on. Um, this defense has improved quite a bit, But the middle of it, when you're targeting wide receivers against the slot corner, is very uh, susceptible for Kansas City. So I'm starting Judy. Um, Right now he's ranked as wide receiver 28. I realistically see him finishing as a high-end wide receiver 2, if not back-end wide receiver 1 this week. Um, I think they're going to have to funnel it through there because the deep plays aren't really an option against KC with their safety tandem. Uh, And then my, my sit is actually Stephon Diggs. Um, if there's one thing that they're going to try to scheme out of this game for Buffalo, it's probably going to be Diggs. Um, he started off the season slow. He's been popping off the last couple weeks as Memphis and Jerry talked to you about on the Tuesday show, but I'm very suspect about that. Um, They still have really good corners in New England. They still are very good on the back end. There hasn't been a lot of shootouts outside of that Dallas game, and he's going to have to be peppered with targets in order to force his way into contention and the true wide receiver four ranking that he has in the ECR this week.
1: What about you? I I like it. Uh, My start of the week is Van Jefferson. Uh, I like the targets. I like he's on the field. Didn't come off last week. OBJ is a little bit banged up. Uh, I'll still die on the Hill that I think Jefferson's the number two receiver there uh, for the Rams over OBJ. Uh, They both, I was, I almost did a victory lap on Twitter just for fun. And OBJ caught the touchdown too uh, (laughs) last week, but um, Jefferson, I believe is he's 29 uh, in ECR. So he's right there with, with Judy. Um, I think that Jefferson can give you a wide receiver two week uh, against Jacksonville. I love, he had nine targets last week, like I said, and was on the field, for every snap so gotta I'm, I'm all in on jefferson uh i think he could fill in real nice for what robert woods was doing uh and my sit of the week is a maybe it's just me getting pissed at people that continue <laughs> to not perform um it is a tougher matchup i'm i'm trying to find a way to put mike williams on my damn bench so you can pretty much write him in for two touchdowns this week but he's going up against the Bengals. that secondary that whole defense has been greatly approved um get up the seventh fewest fantasy points, the position, but really this also comes down to just as much as Williams has not been great. He's only gone over 60 yards one time uh, since week six. Uh, He had two Uh touchdowns in that game that he went over 60 yards. We put all his fantasy production uh, in that one game after just coming out like freaking gangbusters, the first month of the season. And uh, by the time we all bought into it, he decided to throttle back into crap mode. Uh, It's been well-documented on any broadcast of the chargers, like, that Herbert, while he can throw the deep ball, has not been throwing it um, as much as uh, he did last year. Uh, and Williams is a phenomenal deep threat that's not really being used in that manner right now. So uh, I I hope that I'm wrong, um, but I just think that's the time. Like I'm going, I'm. I think I'll wait till I'm wrong <laughs> uh, before I start trusting Michael Williams again. So that's just that's just me, I guess.
0: That's um,
1: yeah. <clears throat> so. Um, I'm not as ballsy as you though, to tell people to fade Stefan Diggs, but I like the call. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, tight end. I already gave, uh, my start was Foster Moreau. So I'll, I'll, I will heed to the tight end whisperer here. Who are we looking <laughs> at, man? Who's who's a good play this week?
0: Yeah. Um, so this is a pretty unpopular guy. Um, he used to be really good. Uh, used to be a target hog on his offense, but has been underperforming due to injuries. Um, I know he was one of your favorites coming into the season, and I think this is the week that you guys can feel comfortable with starting Mr. Evan Ingram with the New York Giants. Oh, all right. There you go. So I know I kind of crapped on a lot of the receiving options when it came to the wide receivers in the New York Giants offense this week. There's a lot of injuries. Um, Sterling Shepard may come back, but he's still, I mean, it's a hamstring injury. He's probably going to hurt himself again, even if he does. It doesn't sound like he's fully healthy um, because he's a game time decision is how they basically phrased it up. But Ingram is still just demanding all of the red zone targets. Daniel Jones has proved over his career that the only guy he truly feels comfortable throwing to in the red zone is Evan Ingram. Ingram, um, Saquon's healthy. You're seeing a lot of the run game. Miami is extremely suspect. And that was before their middle linebacker got hurt to the tight end position last week. You've seen Ingram with over 80% of the overall snap share over the last four weeks. He's seen basically an average of five targets in that same four week span. And, He's got one touchdown in that span. So um, for a guy, it's a position that's a little bit tight end uh, touchdown reliant. But when it comes to targets, he's still one of the most targeted at the position. The matchup is there for you. And with all the other wide receiving options still being suspect, Kenny Galladay, the biggest bust in free agency in a while, is still on the team, but not seeing targets. Um, I'm leaning Ingram this week. I haven't recommended him yet this week because I've been extremely uncomfortable with the situation, the emergence of Tony earlier on in the year, but I'm pretty comfortable starting him above a lot of the guys that have been asked specifically in the viewer questions tonight. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with Ingram as my start right now. I think he is, let's see. He's ranked tight end 18 in ECR I'll be bold. I'll say he's top 12. You can probably expect top 12. So I'm going Ingram.
1: Nice. All right. I like that call. I'm sure there could be some guys that are looking to shake it up um, at the tight end position. Uh, I know, like, as again, I know a fan owner. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure, that would, be, uh, <laughs> that would be a situation that you might just be looking for somebody else because um, it really can't get much worse. Uh, unfortunately for Noah, fan a few guys coming back, you know, uh, from you know injury with Logan Thomas has been great, but you still could be searching. Um, so I like that call. Um, again, I'm starting Foster Moreau, so there you go. Um, he's eighteen percent owned, so you can go pick him up right now if you're not liking what you have at the position. Um, I would start. I would I would start him over uh, Gerald Everett, Hunter Henry, um, and man, he's currently right there with it in that range is Higby, but I don't yeah. know if I'd start him over him or not. But uh, again, I, I wouldn't play him over like Logan Thomas, uh, Frymuth, if he's healthy Goddard, like those guys are still think They're all ahead. But if you're looking for a tight end, if you were the Waller owner or Dan Arnold, RIP, uh, then I think Moreau is a, a good pivot. Um, if you need. so, yep. uh, Who who are we fading uh, at tight end? I think you mentioned you had two. I think you mentioned one. but
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, the uh, same game. Uh, it's the two tight ends involved in the Arizona and Chicago game. So Comet okay. has been one of the most heavily targeted tight ends over the last five weeks. I think he ranks number four among the position. Um, he does have a good rapport with Andy Dalton, but the Arizona defense currently ranks number one. Chicago's defense ranks number three against the tight end position. They do not allow targets. They do not allow basically anything their linebacking core is built to stop the middle of the field being thrown against with guys like uh Isaiah Simmons and uh Zayman Harris I'm trying to remember what the other linebacker is bad IDP moment for me but then uh Roquan um although slightly injured um Trevathan's been locked down. Ogletree, the only thing he's good at is coverage. He's terrible against the run. Um, so I'm straying away from both of them. Um, they're both in the streaming area and I'd be much more comfortable starting pretty much any of the other flyers that we talked about, even guys like Everett above both of Ertz and Komet, even though they're higher in the rankings.
1: Yeah. I like that call as well. <clears throat> I I know Komet was a, a popular waiver ad this week because he's coming off career highs, but Uh, The matchup's obviously tough, so you could pivot away um, from from him this week. If you were planning on streaming, there's still time, still guys out there. Uh, I'm sure Everett's ownership, I didn't check since waivers, but he was only about 20%, 25% owned. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sure he's still out there in some leagues as well. Um, I am sitting... I'm sitting Conklin for the Vikings. Uh, I don't know what that you you kind of alluded to it earlier. Like they just stopped throwing to him. Uh, yeah. He has no more than three targets in the last three weeks. Uh, no more than 35 yards in any of those games. Now he locked out. He caught two touchdowns in one of those, which was uh-huh. you know if you if you plug if you streamed him, then you thank God. But it's literally touchdown or bust for this guy. Yeah. And he's going up against Detroit, so he might be tempted to play him. But I am not. I'm going to try to steer clear of him right now. I want. I need to see that five to seven target range that we saw for that month period where it's like, this is a guy. And now he has just turned to dust for whatever reason. I don't really yeah. know. Um, it's, it, I, I mean, the entire, the efficiency of the entire offense has gone down because they've
0: decided to pump the targets to the outside as if that was going to fix the reasons that they're losing games, which is their defense. It's It's a very weird situation. I don't, I don't know. Also what happened to Chris Herndon? Like they traded for him <laughs> specifically, and the dude hasn't seen anything. Like literally, no, no Snapchat, no nothing for like six weeks. And I'm like, that feels like a wasted pick. You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> yep, yeah. That uh, and fantasy owners have been asking that question uh, about Herndon there pretty much since day one. Uh, that is a guy that that name will forever be burned into my brain. Uh, we're gonna ra- we're gonna wrap it up with this. Uh, I don't know if this is abbreviated, but uh, we'll just go with it. See, uh, pick two in this tonight lamb Pittman, godwin uh so who who are we uh who we rolling with who we sitting uh for me godwin i think is still kind of banged up um
0: he, he just it doesn't look right like he's not getting a large target volume when he is in the games right now um lamb's been underperforming based off of the target share that he is getting which is a little bit suspect but also he does play extremely well when amari cooper's on the other side of him based off of his splits over the last two years yep um So I'm definitely going lame in this situation, and we already talked about Pittman. Um, I think the rankings might tell me I'm an idiot, but I'm probably going to go Pittman over Godwin in tonight's game. Uh, Not tonight's game, in this week, a matchup. Uh, With that Antonio Brown news, if you have Chris Godwin, I'd feel very comfortable going into the playoffs with the news from Antonio Brown that we got of him uh, sitting out. Being suspended the next three games, for any of you that didn't know. Um, but for this week specifically, I'm probably gonna
1: be leaning
0: CD and Michael Pittman. Gotcha. <clears> yeah.
1: <throat> I I don't I Guywin definitely has been banged up, and he <coughs> for whatever reason last week, Hitman Evans didn't see anything. Um yeah. so I, I think that does turn around a bit. I think there's are all great options, nothing can go wrong. I would sit Pittman. Personally, um, I still think you're sitting a good option, though. You're going to see points on your bench. So stinks you can't fit them all in your lineup, but hopefully that means you have a really good team otherwise. So um, there you go. Appreciate you guys. I got to run. I got to double check some lineups still before this thing kicks off and then prepare for my heart to be kicked multiple times when Mike McCarthy decides to kick field goals from not even in being in the stadium, that's how he does it. Um, So Dallas appreciate you, man real quick. What you got going on content wise, as we are still in the busy season here as the fantasy season keeps rolling.
0: Yes, it's an exciting time for everyone. I'm doing my first rookie show officially of the 2022 rookie class on Sunday. It will be live streaming during oh, yeah. the Sunday night football game. <laughs> we'll be doing a nice little Q&A. Um, I may realistically just keep it rolling the entire game, so anyone that wants to pop in and ask questions can feel free to. Um, but going to be talking over pretty much anything that you guys want to talk about, um, any questions you guys have about the specific segments you want to see, stuff like that coming up. In the 2022 offseason, I'll go through my basic top fives that I have right now at the positions before the bowl games. And then you guys will be getting my true top 10 positional rankings after the bowl games. I will put a little asterisk that is before I've seen tape on every game of every players. Um, Anyone in the Patreon knows I started diving quite a bit into my running back class over the last two days Um, I'm seeing a lot more prospects that I like than what is being talked about, so I'm excited to talk about them. Um, If you guys are from a specific alma mater, specifically Power 5, because I'm kind of uh, cheap. And I don't like to dive super into the non-Power 5 guys. um, Feel free to ask me about your favorite players from the teams and I'll tell you guys my take. I was talking to Shane Hallam um, last night about a couple of players as well. Um, So I'm excited to dive in. But other than that, it's just uh, rookie season because we're hitting the bowl week
1: um, here in a couple of weeks and the championship games are this weekend. So I'm excited. Awesome, man. I had hey, someone again that I, I got to pick one. I can't have both, unfortunately. So college football usually gets the the shaft this time of year, yeah. but then rookie season starts picking up. So and and usually as well with all these damn bowl games rolling up, that's when I I watch more football than ever in the bowl game. So I always like knowing who to look uh, for. So I will definitely be tuning in, looking for some of those names just to see who I can kind of get a look at. Um, as uh, we get to enjoy bowl season coming up, but uh, be sure to check that out. Join Dallas this upcoming Sunday live. Uh, I'll be back on Saturday with waiver wire sniping, so uh, come hang out with me there. That's going to be live on YouTube only, but uh, there you have it. A solid hour. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the questions. Uh, Makes the show a lot more fun. I mean, we had to we had to like fit in the start sits even with this one. So uh, this was a good time, but uh, enjoy the game tonight. Good luck in week 13. I'll catch you on Saturday with way where we're sniping and then tune in Sunday night to hang out with Dallas. See you guys later. Yep. How about then, Cowboys? Let's do it.